Anyhow, let's play some theme music. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores. Broadcasting from the people's... I can't believe I just spaced there. From the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. I liked it. It was a dramatic effect. (laughs) We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, and transit, delaying our starting intro music and introductory script, uh, adventures and life hacks, and today, today, a better camping meal, a better trail Yum. meal. That's right. Yes. We've got uh, Ashley in the studio this eve. Or she will be soon. This is true. <laughs> She's currently not here. She's actually out there with Fernwa food. And I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce the company that I'm that I'm sure started. we'll we'll find well, out. Yeah, we'll all Stay find tuned. out together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll be joining us a little bit later. So we're running our uh, intro, getting a little bit of one-on-one ponderance and speculation. Yep. While and we, um, yeah, hang yeah. out in the airstream. Yeah, and um, so it it's a little bit different. There was a little bit of talk earlier before. Yeah, turn that off. Yep, <laughs> we've got like here. these these like I call I them chicken know, lights. Chicken lights. Yeah, 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 like for for hatching eggs and keeping chickens warm. Yep, that's uh, what that's, I've used them for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and for hatching us, but we or, don't need to hatch in the studio. Or it's developing uh, silk screens. I've used that before. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. How would you? How do you do it with a? Or what function does it play within developing a silk screen? So you have a, a photo sen- uh, photo emulsion okay. kit like that you have your you essentially paint a screen with, mm-hmm. um, and then you have your design on a transparency of something. Mm-hmm. And I only do like a one color screen. That's all I've ever done. This was like total like DIY punk rock style. Punk and, rock. Yeah, and. <laughs> Um, so I'd have my design on a transparency, like one color, mm-hmm. and whatever was being covered up um, would be shielded from the light. Oh, okay. And so then you put a light, like one of these chicken lights, up mm-hmm. to your design, and I would usually like close it up in a closet, or uh, I once had a dresser drawer that was just reserved for... Uh, developing the silk screen. Nice. That's when you know you've got it good. <laughs> right. <laughs> True punk rock fashion. Yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so you have you have your silk screen, your photo emulsion, like painted over. You got your design on this sitting on the screen, and you let it uh, essentially develop with this light. And then mm-hmm. you know you pull it out and you just spray it, and whatever your design was covering like washes away, and the rest is like fixed onto ah. the uh which is not actually silk it is a uh, what we used was like just nylon okay. you just go to like a fabric store and grab like yards of nylon nice like you know white nylon fabric okay cool yeah well now Anyways. i know two uses and, for a chicken light yes and if you don't have like a light like that you could just use a lamp and then 
steal your drummer's symbols and, <laughs> and just kind of focus them, it yep put them all over <laughs> what'd your drummer have to say about that they're like all right it's for the band it's punk know? rock that's right <laughs> nice well what have you been up to this week Aaron? <laughs> i haven't been silk screening but oh. now i miss it <laughs> i might have to do some have you got a free dresser drawer <laughs> no i oh. don't i got too much stuff okay. honestly i got way too much stuff i just dumped a bunch of clothes over at Goodwill because um, I just realized like our closet is way too full. Oh, okay. and I, I'm I'm speaking solely of my own stuff. Like I'm not going to go through <laughs> Anna's. Go, you don't need this. Hey, where's yeah. my? Oh, yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, you needed that. That was that was your work uniform. Whoops. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. Yeah. They don't have a dress code. <laughs> That was that was incidental when you mentioned, do I have a free dresser? No, I don't because I have way too many clothes. Okay. And even though they're all monochromatic, I have a lot of them. Hmm. It's mostly so I can avoid doing laundry. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, we've, we've got, um, not on the laundry avoidance per se, but we've got an article that was sent in by Brock for this week. Oh, yeah. speaks a little bit towards that. Yes. Um, it's interesting that you went to Goodwill because to drop off clothes because I went to Goodwill to pick up clothes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean that's also where I where I go get clothes. It's sort yeah. of like this cycle. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I um I tend to like wear my stuff into oblivion, and I was realizing that it's probably not good to go to work with like clothes that don't fully um cover all parts of me. And I'm just oh. like, well, <laughs> I'm too lazy to sew it, but there's a Goodwill that's, you know, 15 blocks away. Yeah. Um, and so I, I basically, I save up this cache of clothes that need sewing and like the back pockets on it were like totally gone. So I would stick like my wallet or receipts in there and then I'd be like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Where, wait, where's my wallet? <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. It was time to like put that that's what my one of my drawers is for is like all the clothes that um i'll eventually go rent like a sewing machine and then like take <laughs> a shot gonna at patch this. I'm, I'm sure i will oh yeah. yeah i mean like sewing is when you get into it um and jane bless her heart always helps me with it because mm. it it's one of those things i'm not sure those activities that like in between the times in which you engage you forget just enough of it to have a hard time getting started again yeah but then like once you're rolling it's like oh sweet this is great um so yeah, I was at Goodwill getting some pants that I don't need to care about whatsoever because uh, that's where you go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, L- Lillian's, uh, they, they have a great, uh, was it the Oh My Dollar forums and there were folks talking about like uh, thriftiness and such. Oh and yeah. I've always just been a fan of going to Goodwill for that kind of stuff because you can usually find something that fits and it's like super affordable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, love I mean, it. I'll pay for Clothes is kind of the exception. Like I'm, mm. I'm very much like I will pay semi top dollar for something that I don't have to replace. Yeah, but yeah, clothes yeah. you're gonna wear out regardless. For sure, and I, I will do it for technical clothes, although much less so as of recent. Yeah, um, and then like shoes, I will like, especially yeah, back when I was like mountain climbing, I was yeah. like. Oh God! Don't even ask how much I spent on climbing boots. <laughs> Too much yeah. is the answer. Well, and and shoes are are kind of iffy because you know you don't you don't know if you'll find one that like fits you mm-hmm. or like the condition of it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah, I've I've always had a hard time finding secondhand shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, My yeah. favorite shoes I've found have been actually on like free piles. Um, like somehow they're feel like fresher than the shoes at goodwill yeah i'm not sure why intriguing uh 
But yeah, usually like I fall in love with a shoe and then by the time I need another one of them, they like yeah. don't make them anymore. <laughs> I went, I got, actually I'm wearing, I got new shoes this weekend oh. um, for the first time in quite a while. And I went back to the same store to get the same brand to do like, cause you know, I, I feel like I could just get like 10 pairs of the pants I like, uh-huh. and like 10 shirts that I like and be like, sweet. All right. Call me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, I try to do the same with shoes, but that, that, you know, we were talking about consumerism earlier that wheel turns and they're like, well, it's a different color and like a different uh, cut and uh-huh. different fabric. And I'm like, well, okay. But I never feel like I can justify getting two pairs of a shoe that I like. Right. If one pair is still were like wearable. So I'm kind of the opposite way with, and this, this is a little, this is kind of funny, uh, underwear. Mm-hmm. And I'm very particular about like what, like yeah. cut of underwear and yep. and it always it that's the thing that like it cycles through and it changes and like i'll find one that i like and so yeah i'll just buy a bunch of it yep because i know like adidas this is a great example yeah. adidas stopped making that those trunk briefs that i really liked yep. so now i've got to like go on the journey again and i know find you're like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> so i am so much up your creek and now <laughs> Like you're talking here and I'm sitting here thinking like every single pair of boxers I own is literally the same pair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you find something you like and you don't want to give it up. Um, and you're like, well, okay, I guess I can wear the ones with stripes. I like the ones that are like a flat color, but they don't make them anymore. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to compromise here. Right. At right. least it's the same fabric. <laughs> so uh, I feel you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank yep. you. which maybe yeah anyway moving on (laughs) (laughs) moving on so um last week i talked about going camping Mm -hmm. uh going bike camping with with my lady friend with with my boo boo. yes thank you yes good um and unfortunately we didn't make it we couldn't go bike camping we had come back from denver and i mentioned earlier like we were just beat um and i kind of in my in the back of my mind, like kind of knew that we weren't just gonna leave like that very next day. Okay, like, we needed that day to kind of recoup. Totally. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm glad that you took it because it sounds like that was the right choice. Yeah, oh yeah, and I don't regret that. I don't even regret not camping per se. I mm-hmm. mean, I regret not camping in that like we didn't get to camp, but you know, it, it was still salvage. Um, but anyways, if if anyone's like listening and they're like, oh, why didn't he mention his camping? Because we didn't go. What? <laughs> and it was kind of, it's one of those things where, uh, you know what? I'll say it like this. This is this is karma. Actually, Anna mentioned this. This is karma. Okay. And this is an open apology to Brock and Adele, oh. who have taken me on many camping trips. And the day before that camping trip, I've, like, modded out my bike in such a particular way. And so then we get, like, five miles down the road and, mm-hmm. oh, shit, that thing's loose. Hold oh. on. You know? <laughs> okay. You know, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was almost in the same way in which, like, it was predicted to rain the day we were going to leave. Yeah. We and did get so a little bit of rain. We got, yeah, we got some rain. Yeah. It's been it's, muggy. It's been muggy, but it hasn't been like rain, rain. And yeah. And certainly not in the style that that we're used to in Portland. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's generally a dry month. Yep. July is. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, it was predicted to rain. And so the bike that Anna was was planning on taking her, uh, Terry, which was 
a 700C converted to a 650B, mm-hmm. didn't have fenders. Mm-hmm. So she's like, let mm-hmm. me just quick put these fenders on. And what was going to be like maybe an hour yeah, turned into two. That's the fender. Turned like, into three. Fenders are and, the biggest X factor on. Yeah. It was just one of those things like it just, we just couldn't get it to fit with the tires. And yep. yes, maybe somebody other than us would have gone like, you know what? Let's just go get different tires. Yeah, or like somebody but with an angle grinder. These, we bought and these tires. Well, yeah, like, maybe. Or like yeah, a Dremel. <laughs> totally. There's a reason why bike shops usually charge like upwards. Like 25 is about the base price for putting uh-huh. on fenders. Those things are finicky. Oh, if, They're super finicky. If someone came, like if we were to take that somewhere and they were to charge $25, it's like, great. Done. Here's, here's 30. Yeah. Take take yeah. a tip. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I picked up my bike from Gladys this weekend uh-huh. and was so happy to have it back. Um, notably, I did not ask them to put a new fender on <laughs> because but they, they well, did or they didn't. Oh no, oh. They, I've got the fender at my house, oh, okay. but I was like, you know, I've already like, I love Gladys. I very much, Wait, they did have, a great job the on the bike. You have the new fender, by the way. I right? do. We're yeah. talking about the new fender. The new You're fender. not putting that old fender no, back on. That would be a horrible idea. <laughs> okay. Well, like it goes to my point. Like, why did I get in a crash? Well, cause I in a sense, was delaying maintenance on my fender because they're so damn, like, they're, they're pain finicky. in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I paid the piper on that one, but, uh, you know, they yeah, they just don't work out always the way you'd think they would. And, like, uh-huh. I'm lucky because on a 26, it's about as straightforward as it gets, but you still run into, like, some issues. Um, and I've got a setup where the fender's actually attached to my front um, tubus rack, so it's got, like, some spacers and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I... I'm, what I'm saying is I empathize with your scenario because fenders, yep. you, you know, you could have a brand new pair of fenders that's literally the same pair of fenders that came on the bike in 2011. And I'm still <laughs> going to wait to put those on because yeah. they're just kind of a pain in the ass. Well, and, and to be clear, like I had every confidence in Anna in that, like she's an actual bike mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like she went to school and, and learned all this. Like I had every confidence that, that she could do this. Yeah. Um, it was just one I think it's a combination of these metal fenders and yeah, are they marathon tires? And yeah, marathon. This is no shade because yep. everyone I love marathons. You yeah. love marathons. Oh, totally. Great. This is no shade to Schwalbe and marathons. Mm-hmm. However, they are a tall tire. Oh yeah, and like they define the they they are the tallest tire I know of. When, period. Yeah, when you have like already tight clearance. Yep. Yep. That was like the X factor. And again, like, sure, maybe we could have just gone and got new tires, but we were like bound and determined to make this fit. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of those things like you work at a bike shop long enough. And when you talk about a specialized skill set or the expertise that it takes to like have good customer service. Yeah. Like if especially if a bike shop were starting out, um, there there are those things like marathons. There's there's always some gotchas. And marathons in general are like one of the they biggest. They're the gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Like yeah. I, I can't even like count on my hand the number of times we've tried to fit uh, marathon pluses or marathon uh, what is it the ultras or whatever they are onto a 700C, and you're like you you just like it, you it almost feels like a rote uh, response of like well. We can try, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's going to tear out your front fork. Yeah, because like you will, and then like fenders on top of that, like you, like you don't, you don't laugh. And that's the but thing we you, you kind we of had, decide. We had just enough clearance on widthwise that mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, this should work. No, 
And by we, <laughs> I should clarify, by we, I mean her because she, this is her bike and she did all the work. She's the mechanic. I just, I just you know, witnessed <laughs> the drama yeah. unfold. Yeah, totally. You know. Classic, classic marathon scenario. Yeah. Um, I, I find too, are, are you, are you referring to the Velo Orange metal fenders? I am referring to the Velo Orange yeah, metal Yeah, those fenders. two, like, I really like VO's look, but their fenders are, I'm not a fan of. Really? Not from an aesthetic standpoint, but from a, um, usability standpoint. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because the, the stays are reverse from the, like, the stays look good, but uh-huh. if you clip your stays too closely and you ever need to, I don't know, put something like a marathon tire on, you're like, oh, shit, I should have left my stays long because now I literally have to order another stay. Yes. However, the way the stays are designed, mm-hmm. I like it that they don't, don't poke you. If you don't clip them close mm-hmm. enough they run into depending on like your bike design but in, mm-hmm. in this particular design they run into the quick release yep or the rack or the rack yeah yeah totally so like again aesthetics jane jane has um i, I put her velo orange she's got velo orange fenders on uh-huh. her salsa marrakesh and i bet it looks really good it looks great <laughs> like no no complaints about yeah. that um the the like in the bike industry like i'm not the engineer that goes and designs these things. So like, obviously this is with a like fairly large grain of salt and that like, I fully admit I could not do better. Yeah. But that being said, like you, you put enough of those on same thing with the marathons. You start to be like, well, maybe there's something that like I would appreciate about doing this different, like not a ton different, but I, I just think, uh, they look, look great pain to install. Like if I install a set of VOs on a bike, I, try to make the last time I have to touch those period. So I usually put them as high up as I can to get as much tire clearance. Like if you're, especially if you're running like not a very uh, tall tire, it, it it might look funny, but like I will take looking funny on a set of VOs over trying to trim it into the perfect distance and then having to retrim that every time you replace your tire set. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. If I had like a weekend every like 10th weekend to do that, maybe, but I don't. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not trying to throw shade <laughs> at anybody. I'm just talking about some nitpicks there, within mean, the industry. <laughs> you know, the, uh, things just get finicky from yeah, time to time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So that, that when you when people go to bike shops and they're like, what? You know, X amount of dollars for this? That's why. You're that, getting that expertise. Yeah, You're getting yeah. the knowledge that you don't have to like go spend $100 and spend it. And then respend that same $100 because you got it off. You're, you're paying for that person's... Yeah. Uh, prescription to muscle relaxants relaxants yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> something like that so you don't have to oh totally <laughs> yeah like the gosh the number of times uh that i've seen like people come in upset after trying to install it yeah you know they're it's i think it's a relatively affordable service <laughs> <laughs> all things considered yeah yeah you know in in the realm so but yeah no i i got my bike um this weekend and uh i had or, or, um, yeah, I had the rear wheel rebuilt and I oh, was right. going to rebuild it myself, but then like my wrist is kind of still a bit effed. Okay. Uh, yeah. so I was like, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> Here's the rim that I had for relacing my wheel, but uh, please do it. Uh, so yeah, Leo was great and, um, my mechanic was fantastic. I really like that shop yeah. and, um, I am now a, a card carrying member of their satellite library. Ooh. Yeah, because my Brooks got just smashed when I wrecked it. 
Oh, uh, like like scraped up and stuff. The with rails the concrete are all and... like oh the rails. <laughs> yeah, the rails. Are, Whoa, the rails are um like almost like forty degrees off. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's new saddle time. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like it's like this is the classic Guthrie thing. Is like I'm gonna wait till it's well and broken before of course. Like, I yeah. try to get something new. <laughs> and now I've got that chance. So I'm trying out a um saddle for this week, and then um their Cambrium. Or the Brooks. The Cambium? Cambium, yeah. thank you. Um, is going to be hopefully back tomorrow, so I'm going to go switch it out. But uh, I, I got settled one. I think I actually like like it so far. So I, my original plan was just to get the Cambium and uh-huh. for the like $25 off with the saddle library. And I think now I'm just going to like spin saddles for like the summertime and then maybe in September I'll make up I my mean, mind. I mean, it's while you got the membership to exactly. the saddle library, it's right. worth trying them, you know? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, um, no, I've been really enjoying that. And I'm mostly just really happy to have my bike back. <laughs> uh, while you're on your saddle journey, you should check out, I can't remember the name of it. You'll have to ask whoever is helping you out. Okay. Uh, WT ma- WTB mm-hmm. makes one. It looks totally flat, like mm. like not very padded at all. Mm-hmm. Possibly the second most comfortable uh, saddle I've ever had. Okay. You know, Behind the, what? My current Brooks. Like a uh, B17? It's a B17 with the cutout. Yep. Totally. Yeah. That's the same one I had. The So I am a fan of the B17s with the cutout. Yeah. I've had one without the yep. cutout. Did not go well. Um, I don't mind it, but mm-hmm. it's it's a longer breaking in period is the main difference that I've, uh, I've felt. Okay. Um, gotcha. And so when it came to riding the disc trucker, mm. like having that shorter braking in period for mm-hmm. me was, was key. I, you know? I really like the relief in the cutout. Like, it, and yeah. this is totally like one of those personal preference things, but I wrote a B17 standard for five years. Never liked it. Oh, I was really? honestly like, no, I'm just, I don't have a Brooks butt. I know okay. they break in, but yep. like they don't break into my apparently, butt. Apparently, yeah, apparently uh, that one did not. Yeah, yeah it's, well, so I got the Imperial, or not the Imperial, but the one with the the relief, uh, and then I think uh, that is the Imperial. Is it okay? Yeah. Uh, so we got that one, and then uh, what? And we I put my bike with a saddle cover on the back of the car, and we took a trip down to the Bay Area, and something about the shape of the wind on the foil for the back of the car actually caused the brooks when it was wet to deform so oh, it was no yeah, longer yeah. symmetrical yeah and it's never gone back like i was like well it'll like ride back but right, it's right. kind of like riding with a balloon of leather on your right side and like a regular saddle on the left yeah so i told myself the next saddle i get is going to be um up the synthetic alley and that's hence the cambrium i'm very excited about so if you look closely to mine um you'll notice that it's a little asymmetrical okay but that's just the way it broke in exactly and, and that would be fine but, but this was me, over like, a period okay, of like I guess, an eight hour I guess drive i'm just asymmetrical and yeah 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 totally i i get it like anyhow yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're just going through all our nitpicks <laughs> right <laughs> i like this who else wants some yeah huh? break it on See, do you have something that, <laughs> See, that we threw like, shade not shade really but <laughs> we, we're we talking talked, we talked about marathons velo orange all products which we use Brooks, every day yeah 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 <laughs> Who else wants some? Surly? You want some? Hey, huh? Intergal- yeah. Intergalactic Surly Day. On our calendar. Oh, okay, cool. Yes. I didn't yes, see a Portland September, event. September 21st. There is. Oh, is there? At ba- on our calendar. I guess at Command Base F Camp didn't work. Okay, sweet. Yes, We're yes. good. So, was, <laughs> anyhow. I'm jumping ahead of myself. That's all right. Um, I'm just excited. Should we, should we go to our interview with Ashley? 
Any other any other names we need to drag into the dirt? Any mm. other like bike? Well, I'm at it. Um, yeah. America, the bike industry, <laughs> Just uh, the Mars, general bike industry, um, and you know, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, just <laughs> I'm not good at on the spot humor, but right. that was my attempt. <laughs> yes, and I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can you this, hear me? Yeah, this okay. is totally good. Uh, I will say for note, I am not a fan of watermelon. I do not like watermelon, but I've never had it dried before. Yeah. This is it's amazing. Dried watermelon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Now I want With mint and lime, it tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It does. It's sweet candy. <laughs> I think it takes like what you think. I think a lot of people watermelon is the texture, right? Because it can be mealy or like yeah, yeah. weird or if yeah. it's not in the right that's, season. That's how it it's is like for me. Like bland. I don't like really any melon at all. Any at all. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Right? So now I'm eating some pepper chips, and these are, wow. I better give this back, because I'm just going to, (laughs) like, eat. Well, I'm going to eat all of both of these, but I'll put this one closer to me. Thank This is mm, so. I know. So I wanted to bring a meal, but I was like, oh, I don't. Know. <laughs> no, I have no, like no, some no. in my car that I heated up earlier, but I'm like, I'm not gonna bring old food in there. But anyway, these are fresh. These are mm. these are really good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Of course. Um, so, first and foremost, how do you pronounce the name of this company? S- so in German, it'd be Fernway, but Fernweh. it's Fernway because we're in America okay. and it's easier that way and it's less confusing. Plus, okay. Fernway Food Company, the alliteration just. Yeah, kind of works. So. Yeah, yeah. Fernway is how okay. I say it, but yeah, technically it's Fernway. Fernway. <laughs> so when like ten years from now, you know, you're multinational corporate or not corporation? Excuse me, you're multinational. You're like, oh, you know, I knew it back when it was Fernway. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I know. Some German guy came up. He's like, ah, oh, Fernway. I love that word. I was nice. like, yes, that's exactly how I say it. <laughs> Don't say it to the other white people here. Like, <laughs> nice. So what is Fernway? Uh, it is the German word for like a, a far longing, like a, an ache for long places, like places far away that you've never been to, like Wonderlust, oh. like a feeling stronger than Wonderlust. Ooh. So, okay. Yeah. So that was kind of like part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. This fits in because you have, you're pretty well traveled. I, I know. Say. It's settled yeah. down in the last few years. <laughs> oh, though. yeah. I, I don't know. I, well, I got married this year. And so. That's we, it. Yeah, That's what it does. Well, we yep. bought the yeah. house. We got the cats. <laughs> like, it just feels yeah. harder. But for our honeymoon, we're going to try to do um, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. So do oh, like a wow. month, a month trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But last year we did shorter stuff. We did Sequoia, which is like so magical. Have you guys mm. ever been to Sequoia? Okay, so you have free flying now. You should just. So now I need to go to Sequoia. Yeah, yeah, you should. It is so beautiful and magical in a way that only like protected forest and like the really like far out there outdoors can really be. It's like right on the edge of the Sierras. And I don't know. When I think about it, I get like cold chills. It Mm. was. So that was like our big trip last year, was that. And then we did the Outback. Um, but yeah, no big travel in the last two years. So you're talking like the Oregon outback, yeah. or like mm-hmm. the Australian, yeah, okay. the Oregon outback, <laughs> okay. yeah. And the travel yeah. just prior to that was Cuba, correct? Uh, the big one was Italy before Italy. that. Oh, yeah, okay. we gotcha. did like a month uh, touring southern Italy. Okay, so yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I know. I'm so spoiled. It's like it's been two years since I've been <laughs> on a good trip. But like, yeah. I, I'm thinking back to my like overnight trip to. Uh, 
Stub Stewart being like, yeah, it's, you're sounding pretty good right now. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I think it's just ingrained in like my heart is mm. like this desire to travel and see all the things. And this, so this Fernve, this Fernve, yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so for me, it's like, oh, it's been a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's it's good right now. Mm-hmm. We we actually got permits to do the Wonderland Trail, um, so that's a hundred mile trek around Mount Rainier, and so it's a ten day trip, and we have to do food drops, which I've never had to do before. Oh, yeah. okay. like, I'm literally shipping stuff tomorrow or food and that we're going to pick up in three weeks hiking yeah okay yeah so we're okay. going to do a, a 10 day 100 mile hike around mount rainier and so Ooh, yeah nice. that's kind of our big summer trip so nice. i'm so looking forward to it i can't totally. wait so. that sounds awesome yeah um, do, you, do you guys have big summer plans i mean i kind of just go every day <laughs> at this point. Yeah. yeah 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 i don't have big summer plans i have winter plans that are kind of coming to be <laughs> what's right your on. winter plan um i have a good friend who is teaching english in japan and i'm trying to just kind of keep an eye on very cheap flights that coincide close to one of his holidays yeah and the plan would be to bike over and either catch him on the beginning or the end of a trip and oh, then wow. go see our friends in scuba yeah and, um just kind of like bike tour around japan Yes, you should Keep do that. Keep me updated because that is also on my list. Yeah, is to, totally. is to head over to Japan. If I see like right now, everything's hovering like above the thousand mark, and I'm like, yeah. eh, I can't really like. <laughs> right, I can't. I, I'm not going to commit to something like that. Um, and who then, do you who do you track flights with? Like, who are you? Just Google flights right now. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not very serious about it. I have. Oh, okay. I know some folks who do a bunch of travel hacking, and I've just been like meaning to send that email. That's like, hey, put me in the loop. Uh, yeah, because I know you, you can get flights to Japan for as low as like three or four hundred dollars if you keep an eye out. Uh, yeah, that would be the goal ideally. Um, but yeah, just trying to like keep a bit of my like winter schedule um, free enough so that I can kind of like pounce on something like that if it comes to be. Um, and then on suggestion of a friend, I applied for a working holiday visa to New Zealand and got approved for that. So theoretically um japan to new zealand yeah cool maybe we'll see like i'm like the way i like to plan in the mid future is to leave doors open rather than closed yeah and an open door is having a potential one year um work visa for new zealand i don't think i'd use the full year but it sounded a lot more attractive than a six-week holiday visa. no absolutely (laughs) and then i mean once you put yourself out there you'll meet people i I feel like once you're traveling and would you be going solo or with someone jane was too old to get the visa unfortunately yeah so Mm -hmm. she would probably be joining for a portion of it and like we're figuring that part out we do have a cat you know you're talking about yeah. a house and cats and like we that, just got an automatic feeder oh, okay. we're giving it a try while we're home to uh, see how it goes yeah so then we just have to be like hey come scoop the litter totally. um, our, but our, yeah our cat <laughs> like no joke is kind of our kid um, so we we left speaking of the redwoods um we went to the redwoods uh, a few months ago and in the like five days that we were gone our cat lost almost a half pound oh my god he gets very sad Aww. when like his two people in the world leave the house yeah so like 100 <laughs> percent becoming with us oh my god well cat travel is so in just get him is on it? a leash yeah, yeah leash train and yeah. then you could he's small you can fit him under your seat you <laughs> can bring him with we have a little um harness for him he was we were out <laughs> yes! with him last night actually walking him <laughs> really oh yeah oh yeah. yeah he walks on a leash yeah it's if, not if, like one if, of those if anybody's ever like i don't believe it like just check out yeah. hashtag adventure cat um it's a thing yeah. but yeah, yeah we've got like a full like uh chest harness for him because like if we didn't he would rip apart other cats that we found along the oh, way okay. it's very territorial yeah or, uh, maybe not 
territorial so much as he is very protective of his two people you're his in the people. world. Ah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's that's like, no, intriguing. you're mine. I think you, I, especially in Japan, I feel like you just need to train them to wrap around your neck and they're going to yep. fucking love it. You're <laughs> going to be so famous. <laughs> it's funny. By touring with your cat, oh, no. you're going to be so famous. It's funny that you mentioned that because he had never been a neck cat until I met Jane and I like taught him that. And then he decided that he's, he prefers to be a standing neck cat. Okay. So like so he'll stand on your, on your shoulders. Yeah, like a parrot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious. That's awesome. Even better. I oh know, my God, you're going to be I so know. famous. Just bring your cat with you. Yeah, totally. So anyway, those are doors that are open in the future. Oh, fun. And, um, yeah, so no no like immediate travel plans. This summer, um, I still feel like I'm playing catch up with my new job, even though that was, you know, months ago now. But um, the winter time, I'm like, eh. Let's go. Let's go do something. <laughs> That's a great time to travel. Yeah, totally. Especially, especially like not in Portland or something like right. that. I feel you. Yeah. Wow. That's my story. Well, speaking of traveling. Yes. So you've been, you've been traveling. Uh, how did, how did Fernwa come about? <laughs> so did, I. Was this Fernve? Fernve? Fernve. So. Fernwe, Fernve. It's, okay. it's all of it. It can be, it's whatever you desire it to be. Um. It came about because I've been making food for myself for years and for friends mm-hmm. and for trips for like bike packing or backpacking and had just kind of perfected some recipes and, you know, I taught some clinics with Becky from Golden Pliers oh, and yeah. Gabe from Oregon Timber Trail and so done some stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like really confident in my skills and then... Um, and, and sorry to back up just for one second. Yeah. What is Fernvey? Uh, Fernvey is a far longing, a desire to travel like... Um, uh, a desire to be in far off places that you've never been, uh, oh, like, been to, and never seen to. Oh, for like yeah. what you're doing with with it. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, with we it? never yeah, really yeah, like yeah. talked. Yeah, about I just it. want to make sure that our <laughs> listeners know what, what we're talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I <laughs> sorry there. I should have clarified. <laughs> Back up. Uh, so it is a dehydrated food company that focuses on using a low waste packaging system and is plant based and mostly gluten free. And we try to use local produce whenever possible. So mm. Try to partner with farms and feature their produce and kind of tell their story. Um, and right now, it's like it's so fun right now because it's the season, right? It's right. summer; everything is in season. All the berries so, are coming out. Gosh! So this morning, I went out to Savi Island and I picked blueberries and I got raspberries. And then um, I just did my pop up market, and I from the farm that was there, I got a whole bunch of beautiful multicolored zucchinis that I'm excited to play with. Last week, I got beautiful chard. Um, that I did kind of like an Asian inspired chard with, with like garlic and ginger and coconut aminos. And so it's really fun to play with all the flavors that are happening right now. And then in addition to having like these tasty seasonal treats, I have um, right now four staple meals that I'm offering. So um, a mushroom pot pie, um, a Southwest stew, which is like peppers, onions, and like a chipotle sauce. It can it's just so versatile. So good. Um, uh, protein pasta, which is French lentils and kale and red onion and tahini and, um, olives and almonds, uh, and then, a, a kind of an alternative to oatmeal. So a Southwest breakfast bowl. So it's like really, um, it's got a lot of protein from chickpeas and chia, and then it's naturally sweetened with dates and, uh, bananas, strawberries and mm. coconut. So anyway, so a bunch of these things, um, and I've been working on the recipes for a while, and I got laid off in February uh, from my job, and I just kind of realized it was now or never. And yeah. 
for anyone else who has lost their job recently and has this idea to start something like an endeavor, something they're excited about, the Oregon Unemployment has this amazing program called the Self-Employment Assistance, and you have to apply for it. You have to write a business plan, and you have to kind of prove your concept. But if you do, you can collect your unemployment and earn income from your business. Oh, nice. Yeah. many states, as soon as you start earning an income, no matter like how much it is, like you're automatically off of unemployment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So this thing, if you can prove like you, you have to do, you know, my business plan was like 15 pages long, took forever. Yeah. But it was also really great to sit down and think about it. Like, what is my business? What, like, where, who's my target market? Who, like, what is my cost of goods? Where am I going to source from? And so, anyway, if, if you're unemployed and you have this idea, it is a great opportunity and you can do it for as long as your unemployment is valid. So, for right. like six months usually. Yep. So, mm-hmm. that's what I did. And now this became a thing and it's got some traction and I, I just love it so so much nice so yeah and this came about like while you were traveling around or um i mean you said you were making meals for yourself i was yeah yeah, because uh i i don't know do you guys have dehydrators i do not i have have had but don't currently i have an oven that can be set really low and i roast some i do some dried berries i mostly like roast almonds yeah that way yeah so the fun thing like i i have a culinary background so Uh i went to school for hospitality so i took like you know two years of cooking classes and things and so i just like i love food i love nutrition but on top of it i um i'm kind of a geek for food science so there's something so great about getting like you know two pounds and I'm talking with my hands you can't see uh, like two pounds of um, carrots it's this big I know it's this big and then you you dehydrate them and they're like the size of an, a quarter and you're like oh my god it's amazing look what I shrink rate it I shrink yeah. rate it right okay. like and so the dehydration came from this fascination with shrink raying food um, and then being like it's it, like it was kind of bad and sad before but now it's delicious and tasty and mm-hmm. crispy and all these things and so and then um, kind of funneled into I'm going on these trips. I want my pack to be lighter. I want things to be smaller. And as we kind of upgraded our gear, um, the food upgrade was the dehydrator. And mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of all been this process over the years. And it's it's just so fun. Nice. So. And the dehydration uh, as compared to like freeze drying or other stuff like that, like it, it keeps a lot of the nutrients too. I, I'm not up on the sciences. Totally. But. So uh, there's a lot of different, actually um, freeze drying technically retains more of the nutrition, oh, generally okay. about like 98% okay, and it gotcha. holds the form because that kind of cools really quickly mm. and then heats up. So it cools, so it freezes it and that's how it keeps that shape uh, okay. and then heats it to pull the moisture out. And so with dehydrating, it's heating and fanning it. So it's basically um, heating the moisture out of it and then rotating it around to kind of like make it disappear. So okay. it's totally different systems. And, um, you know, you're, you're getting about 90% of the nutrition from it, which is pretty good considering mm-hmm. you're pulling all the water and it weighs, you know, a, you know, a pound generally makes about an ounce gotcha. of dried foods. So okay. it goes a long way. Nice. Yeah. How how did you come up with the recipes, or were they just the formation of your experience in the back country, um, or did you, you know, in in creation of this, be like, oh, I need to do like a southwestern stew or something like that? Well, most of these are things that I was already making at home. Okay. Um, 
So the Southwestern stew, I've actually been cooking since I was in college. It's It was like my main... Is that tried and true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my, my vegan staple. Like, <laughs> I, for the, I, made, I made the Southwest stew, you know, for what, like 15 years now? Long time. Oh, wow. And so, and I've added meat to it and I've taken meat out of it and I've like put sour cream on it and I've started, I've just like done everything there is to do with that meal and I just I knew it was going to be good and so it was really that was an easy one Mm -hmm. and then the mushroom pot pie actually was a chicken pot pie recipe and um, when I was trying to get licensed I found out like so the vegan thing I'm not vegan but Mm -hmm. it kind of came from two places one was there was a gap in the market there is like not really great vegan backpacking food there's not really great um, when you're talking about dried food especially yeah yeah Yeah, so both of those things they were they were missing from Mm -hmm. from what was out there and then also licensing to be able to process meat is insane like you have to go through the fda yeah uh, where i instead doing just like all vegan and plant-based i um, just had to go through the department of agriculture which they're great they're so Uh easy to work with and approachable and so much more affordable for a business that's just starting and so it it just kind of worked out so a lot of the recipes used to have meat in them and then i was like all right how do i make Make this not have meat in uh-huh. it. And um, so so a thing different from us than a lot of places is a lot of places dehydrate all the ingredients separately and then throw them together with some spices. Sure. And that's why you get those pockets of tasty and the pockets of like oh. not tasty. Okay. Because with ours, we cook everything together. So well, the flavor is like really yeah. cooked into every single meal that you have. Uh, like the that makes so much sense. So like if you're making in. like a stew or really anything, if you're making something like part of that process of cooking is to cook it with yeah with the ingredients like all the spices and the flavors together yeah yeah (laughs) it's like why soup tastes so much better the second day like imagine Uh. now if it's been cooked dehydrated and then you reheat it it's like three times as good right (laughs) (laughs) nice and so there's some things that like i've learned through the process that um like peas dehydrate way quicker beans rehydrate way quicker so i like cook those separately and then mix them in but i make sure to add seasonings that kind of are gonna um, work with what it's gonna be mixed with so they all the flavors kind of meld together and just make like these really delicious meals so okay yeah when you're um sort of thinking about so you have four right now what is your approach at fernway is it kind of like sit on those four and just kind of see see where that goes or do you have like new ideas and recipes that are sort of like coming to mind now that you're like really diving into this so twofold on that i guess so right now i'm really enjoying all the seasonal ingredients like just being able to um package things and make them shelf stable you know for a long period of time while they're in season Mm -hmm. so i'm really enjoying playing with that and all the flavors of the season but at the same time i am also working on um two recipe ideas like a uh, pozole like a vegan pozole mm. and then a um tamale pie so oh, nice. yeah that sounds and, interesting yeah and then like a lentil breakfast bowl so i've got three kind of in the works um but it's you know you change one thing and then you dehydrate and it tastes totally different you're like damn it what was the one thing i changed <laughs> oh. it's like taking tedious <laughs> notes it's, yeah. it's not like you're normal kicking when you're trying to make a recipe like you, well, you literally mentioned, like you're into the food science oh of yeah it. yeah like i'm weighing in in grams which i don't normally do uh-huh. like i'm weighing in grams every single thing like a pinch of salt i have to pinch the salt into it and i have to make note of that every single time i make the recipe until i find the right one so it's just mm-hmm. a totally different way of cooking and um 
it's been challenging, but it's like any challenge. It's when you get it right, you're like, yes, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Like the wins are so much bigger. Like earlier this year, I have this this pile of food at home that's like the food fails. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> there's so many and I keep trying to eat them and I'm like, why am I trying to eat this? This is so bad. I don't like it. That's so, what the cats are for. Oh my God. No, like Brussels sprouts. I love them. They are like farts when you try to dehydrate <laughs> oh, them. Oh, really? They're, they're bad. They're, they're gross. Wait, what? Uh, Oh, man. I thought it was going to be so good. I had this killer recipe that's good normally. Yeah. And then you dehydrate it. And when you rehydrate Brussels sprouts, it's straight up like farts, man. It's gross. (laughs) For those of you who never liked Brussels sprouts in the first place, they're like, I could have told you. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. But I love Brussels sprouts. I thought it was a win. Oh, Um, totally. And so like, I had to learn a lot about failing when I was starting this business. I listened to a lot of podcasts on failing because it's like in the beginning you have all these ideas and you like are tra- like tracking and you think this is going to be good and you spend all this time like cooking, like sourcing it, cooking it, dehydrating it, and then you take it out someplace and you're so excited and you eat it and you're like, oh, this is gross and it's the only so thing I brought not- to eat. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's, like it's not even good when yeah. it's the only thing you have to so eat. So you didn't knock it out of the park right right off the bat. No, no. no. Like what the Southwest do that yeah for sure i had to dial some things in and like you know it was like hit or misses but it was a lot of fails yeah and it was it's it's so hard to day in and day out like fail 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 and just like the ideas of what i wanted to do weren't working and so like i'd originally wanted to use compostable bags but i just kind of found that what was available to actually be home compostable is either very very expensive or non-existent um and so that's when you know these i was like well fine if i can't home compost it i'm gonna have no waste like yeah we're gonna do no waste then we're gonna try to figure out how to maneuver that and so that's been my newest challenge um but it's it's been fun yeah uh you mentioned uh having sort of uh what am i trying to say uh low impact cooking methods you mentioned like your food dehydrator uh how let me i'm trying to think of how to formulate this question how much goes into like thinking about that when, you know, running your food dehydrator thinking like, oh, this is like so many watt hours versus like, you know, if I were to throw this on a skillet, this would be like, you know, a shorter period of time, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could kind of do that with everything, right? right. So, um, but I, I, I think that's actually, with that part, I guess I hadn't really thought about okay. that too much it, just in the way, like, so our holistic look has definitely not been like, oh, how are we going to prepare it? It's, you know, like, how are we going to cook it down? Um, I mean, I I guess I am using, like, small home ones right now, and sure. they're always filled. So I guess in that ways, it totally is not, like, using a lot of energy. But well, um, and, and I'm sure it does, To be right? clear, like, yeah. no, no shade thrown at all. <laughs> you know well, I, no. I, I viewed it more as a curiosity yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. no yeah, that's mostly like like how how does one have like yeah a more sustainable cooking method and yeah, yeah. so i don't i don't know if i said that it was sustainable <laughs> cooking method, but sure, sustainable sure. packaging totally. okay mm-hmm. yeah or low um, impact well, and, and yeah, yeah low impact packaging and so but but cooking i mean I don't know. I guess the whole point of like dehydrated foods is like you're saving the, you have to, energy right is always existing. It goes from one thing to another. So you're saving energy with like not boiling water or things Uh like that. But I don't know. I honestly, to be honest, I I don't know. (laughs) Right. I I don't know. I don't think I have a good answer on that. That's all right. Yeah. It's it's all, it's all good. (laughs) 
the, they are in, um, is it cotton bags? Yeah, they're cotton uh-huh. muslin. And so yeah. they're food safe cotton muslin bags. And then I hand stamp them. Um, and eventually we'll probably move away from that. But right now I think it works with kind of mm-hmm. like the whole cottage food feel. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that it's a small brand and doing our best to do our best. Right. So, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, we were um, chatting, I think it was, I think it was last week about, so like I've had this, that you've got like theoretically in the field, a few other like giants within the industry that oh, you're yeah. making way for. And um, the packaging is definitely like, I think that's the biggest component. So like having the cotton is like, as far as I can tell, a far step above what most of the industry is doing right now. Um, I'd had a mountain house, uh, like dried food. And I like, the I think actually the reason it took me about three years to eat it was because I couldn't stand the fact that it was in a plastic bag. And I was like, well, at least if I, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Like if I don't cook it, then I'm not wasting that package. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like you, there's plenty of uses I can think of for the, the cotton. So I think that's a very novel approach. Thank you. Yeah, And you can totally save those bags and cook our meals in them. Nice. I mean, just a thought. Like soak it like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, don't throw it away. Nice. Rinse it and reuse it. That's, like what, it. that's what we do. They like, are sturdy bags. They yeah. got the zipper on it, man. Totally. I don't know. We're, Love it. Oh my God, we're crazy at our house right now. Like, So we're doing no plastic July. Like, We're trying to do that to the best of our ability. It's so hard so mm. we so we have bags upon bags upon bags that we save and we take them and refill them and then we clean oh. them and we reuse them and so like stuff from trader joe's because they have really good zippers on those bags like yeah. while yeah. it sucks to rebuy throw away rebuy throw away but if you save it and then refill it they're they're great and so mm-hmm. um that's the thought with these bags so like the the big challenge we have right now is so the deal i worked out with the department of agriculture is i can use these bags um I can refill them if you bring them to me and they are your bag and you identify it as your bag. It's like as the consumer, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the risk because this is my bag. Yeah, exactly. So I can refill them. I can do it that way. But um, I can't ship in them because they're not a airtight, Mm. waterproof bag. And Mm -hmm. so I'm recommending for everyone, like when you buy these meals, if you're not going to use them within a month, store them in an airtight, waterproof container in your fridge or freezer, you're good for a year at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then people are like, oh, I want your product in California or over here and like all these places I'm getting all these requests. And so like my new challenge now is like, how do I find a airtight waterproof container that I can ship in that I I feel good about? Mm -hmm. And so now the search continues for that home compostable cellophane bag that I can Mm -hmm. just seal it in or, um, the next move is, you know, have you guys heard about loop? The, no. Okay, so Loop is this company. It's started in um, Paris and in New York, and it is a um, a company basically like the milkman, but instead of like where you get a container that you can reuse, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you order your shampoo, your nuts, your gummy bears, your milk, your ice cream. Hagen Dazs is doing it. Like all these major companies are coming up with reusable containers glass metals things like that yeah and you order and they drop it off in this cooler and when you're done with it you put your containers back in there and you pay deposit and they take it away and they bring you new ones <laughs> and so i'm it's hoping the, it's the old style coke bottles yeah yeah it's mm. all that stuff yeah you used mm-hmm. to you used to like before plastic you used to have to like return your coke bottle yeah. and the company would take it yep. or, or soda yeah, any, or milk, any yeah. Or, yeah. or milk. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the company would take it. It would get washed out, and you would like get another glass bottle in return. Sort of similar to the um, 
food to go boxes. They had like a downtown. I yeah. s- they still have a downtown program. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, go box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So same idea, except with like big brands. So mm-hmm. you. That's cool that these bigger brands are getting hip to it too. I think they're, everyone's losing money on it, but they're just seeing what the feel is for it. So okay. the, hmm. the program on the East Coast is now expanded all the way down to like Maryland from New York. So oh, it's, cool. it's growing. Yeah. Like people are into it and they're adding new cities. And so um, I think they're coming to the West Coast soon because we're one of the distribution points for a lot of the companies out here are shipping stuff over there to be a part of it. So I'm hoping to be able to come up with um uh the the end goal once i can afford it it's very very expensive to buy packaging like you have to buy crazy amounts and then you have to be able to store it and um label it and so it becomes like a very expensive thing until you can buy like hundreds of thousands of containers um and so the end goal is to be able to have a reusable container with a deposit that you can fill up however much you want. We'll ship it to you or um, to do have bulk be in like adventure oh, yeah. stores as a bulk section yeah. item. And so those mm. are like the two two mm-hmm. ways that we're kind of seeking oh, to, nice. to move. So but, you know, right now we're kind of proving a concept that people want this, that people want a low waste packaging bulk item dehydrated food and that they're willing to pay a price for it and you know we're proving that concept now so hopefully there'll be some shelf space for us in the future yeah totally yeah coming into this so you had it more of the like home cooking and self-exploration background um what about stepping into this challenged your assumptions about either um how it was going to be or, or what way you'd need to go about it um, I've been really fortunate. I signed up for the Mercy Corps program before I got laid off. Actually, I had, I was like, I want, I knew I wanted to do this business this year, and I thought mm-hmm. it was just going to be this side hustle thing I did over the summer in did addition you do their, to my job. Did you the IDA with Mercy Corps? I applied for it, but I didn't get okay. it. They, it was, they, they're fun. Yeah, it's so sad. Their funding got cut a lot. Oh, no. Yeah, so they were only able to give, I think, 30 grants this whole year wow. for three different application programs or something like that. For our listeners, IDA is an individual development uh, account, I mm-hmm. think it is. Yeah. Uh, so the state, based off of tax revenue, will actually match your savings towards an endeavor, uh, whether saving for homeownership or to start a business or such. It's yeah. a, a really good program within Oregon. Yeah, and so the Mercy Corps Northwest, they, they, they there's a lot of places you can do it, but the the place that mm-hmm. I took their business class and then applied for their grant was through uh, Mercy Corps Northwest, and so it really forced me to think about my business in a lot of different ways. And then from then, I found out about the Oregon Entrepreneur Network, and they're kind of like the step up. Um, and I took, I was a part of their um, angel food conference, so it included four different classes with um, where you got to. Eat, hear about like marketing and packaging and scaling up and things that I hadn't even thought about how to find funding and you get to hear from some pretty major players like from Salt and Straw and Market of Choice and New Seasons hmm. and Honey Mamas and Seasons. These are all Mitz. like local companies here yeah. that like uh, <laughs> enjoy a really good reputation. Yeah, reg- yeah. regionally like, known. I, yeah, that's yeah. a good that's a good way to put it. I was like gonna say like really big and famous, but they're not big in, in the sense of size. But they're big but they're, here, yeah, right? Yeah, they're like, big here. Yeah. yeah. And so all these different companies came in and they would talk about their experience. You heard about them and then you yeah. had question and answers. And so I felt like I just got this really great education. And so um, while I had a lot of fails on my own, I felt like once I had these classes and these different programs that existed out there, um, it sort of helped guide my my growth and my decisions 
and even even me knowing what my options were yeah. like i I had never thought about scaling. I didn't even, and, and it turns out I don't actually want to scale. I don't want to go wholesale. <laughs> I, I okay. like, I, I just want to do direct to consumer as best I can. And so mm-hmm. anyway, so there's like all these things that so I, you would I, never I didn't like even do know. a chain of, of Fernway shops per se. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, my, I want to have a farm. I want to like have yeah. a farm and grow all the own, my, like the own food that we're yeah. like putting into these things. And yeah. so like, I want to start a fo- like a farm program right where on. people get yep. to, we grow it seasonally. We dehydrate it. We have a team and everything's coming like from the source like Uh to us and so like there's dreams and we'll see how it goes but like right now like that would be big for me that's like what i'd like to do i don't want to give away 40 percent of my margin to like a grocery store (laughs) distributor and have it co-packed and have no feet like no it's a hard game to step into oh food is so crazy and i had no idea and i mean even if i i would still do it Mm-hmm. Like, even knowing what I know, I would still do because this is what I love. Yeah, yeah. So nice. Yeah, but it's 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 been interesting. It's been nice to have the guidance, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the winds are so much bigger. Um, before we head out, what is like one of the biggest winds that like say on a day where you're having a fail, you you kind of go back to and you're like, you know, so long as I I can remember this this will carry me through that one failure here. Yeah. Well, I, I think most recently, so like I was, I was just kind of being like, Oh, what am I doing? I'm like trying oh. to get this going. And like, I don't know. I like, we got married and we had all this stuff going on. And so all this things are like happening at the same time. And I was like, all right, I'm like not working out anymore. I'm not taking care of myself. So I decided to go for a run. And then I came back from a run and I, um, Portland Monthly reached out and they said, we heard about you because... Oh, that's you, right. Yeah, yeah. So we heard about you because you worked with Gladys Bikes, which is a local bike shop, and um, they mm-hmm. put me in touch with Little Just Cycling. talking about them earlier on the show. Yeah. yeah. Love, love them. Love yeah, Leah. Love agreed. them so much. Love everyone there. Molly, all of them. Um, and so um, through those connections, like through biking, uh, one of the editors had heard about us and had an intern reach out to me and be like... Right, a get her to bring some samples over, probably just to get the samples. But <laughs> <laughs> any way to get your foot in the door, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Get, get them early before they're out. Like I heard you're launching soon. You want to drop it off early? And uh-huh. so, but anyway, it was it was really awesome to mm. be like feel like I'm trying to figure out where I'm going and what I need to do, and then to have someone reach out and be like, I heard about you. We were really yeah. excited, and then they posted a really beautiful. Um, to write up a better company so you can look it up on Portland Monthly and it just was so encouraging and it just was like yeah this is awesome and you know since we really only launched on July 1st so we've only been doing this a couple of weeks like we've only been selling to the market like to the people since July 1st and I've already gotten so much traction from that article and from all these connections and so um, that's been really great and then and then like moments like this morning where I got up really early and I was like, I'm going to go berry picking, (laughs) (laughs) but it's for the business. (laughs) So like, it was really nice to just be able to do something like that. Mm -hmm. It was good for me and it was fun to support a local farm and then to now have this, you know, these beautiful blueberries that I'll get to sell in a week or two. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm glad you mentioned the, the Portland monthly article because they used a descriptor that I don't think I would have thought of on my own, but I think is apt. They they described it as like a disruptor. Yeah. Like you're disrupting the system. Yeah. And I, I think this is really interesting, the way you package, you know, wanting a, a returnable, like 
reusable. I, reusable. Yeah. I don't want to say like sustainable because first off, like we've used that word so much that it, it rarely means it's anything a bit anymore. That's a word. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. But a, low waste. A low yeah. waste like packaging. Better, a better packaging. This is, this is just something like you think of um, when people are hiking or people are camping. Um, well, I just, I actually was running up to like a three day camp uh, recently and one of the things I was thinking of, like, oh, yeah, I'll just go to the grocery store on my way there. But then there's the pack it in, pack it out. And there's so much garbage that I tend to pack out with me that you're I'm not really like doing anyone a favor per se. I'm just, you know, carrying garbage. I'm just throwing it away at a different place. Yeah. It's not to say, like, don't throw your garbage away <laughs> on the trail or anything. <laughs> don't be what, that I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is maybe think better about, like, how you're, how you're consuming mm-hmm. your... Yeah. Or the waste that's yeah. associated you're, with your consumption. And, you, yeah, this, this being sort of a... Described as a disruption of that is, is of the very system apt of that system yeah yeah no it is it's it's crazy right like so it's so big right like we could get into it forever so yeah. we want to be outside like we're all these people we're active we want to be outdoors we want to be enjoying it but what's available to us is all these packaging which we eventually throw away goes into the water goes back into our water systems into landfills and because we don't see it we assume like oh it's yeah, gone it's fine it's, fine. it's, yeah. it's whatever but it isn't it, it like yeah. really isn't and brought and to it's, light and it's like, ruining like the how much plastic doesn't get doesn't get recycled like you can even like assuage some of your guilt and say like oh this is recyclable plastic but it doesn't get recycled i know and then you have like us the the piles and piles of bags that you can't throw away and on (laughs) honestly though here here's the lesson i've learned from like no plastic july so we did a no waste backpacking trip we did the timberline trail we did you know three nights three and a half days more or less and um we it was heavy i'm not gonna lie like tuna is like a staple for us in Mm -hmm. our lunches and we had to get a can of tuna Mm. because tuna doesn't come in a packaging that can be recycled otherwise oh those vacuum mm -hmm. packs yeah Yeah, you can't recycle them so we had to carry a can (laughs) of tuna right like to have tuna for lunch um but i found that if you ask um people will help you so new seasons even fred meyer we've gone in and we've said hey i want that salami i want this much can you just wrap it in this beeswax wrap for me or put it on this paper i will wrap it in there and if you ask people are more than willing to help you or if you Ah, go to the meat department and you know they always put it in a plastic bag and then the paper and if you just say just put it in the paper for me and then put it in your own container in your bag like they'll totally work with you small ways you can disrupt the system on your own totally and so and it, it was really fascinating and it's, we're, we're kind of, we were so excited to do this no ways backpacking trip. And when we came out, we had our can of tuna and we had, I think we ended up running out of food at one point cause we just, we tried to go too late. And so we had to eat our emergency bars. Uh-huh. So we had like emergency bar paper and some like peanut butter packet. But besides that, mm. we took everything home, we washed it and we refilled it for our next trip. Nice. It was so amazing. And like, while we were packing it, we're like, oh my God, our food weighs so much. It was the best feeling to be done and be like we we created this much waste this tiny bit Um, and so it's possible and so i actually think we're gonna um i was chatting with the folks at escape pod it's another local company they i don't know if you've ever chatted with them at all but um they they rent 
backpacking gear for people who just want to give it a try. And oh, so cool. I think we're going to try to do a no waste backpacking trip. And then I'm going to try to work probably with Golden Pliers or Gladys and do a no waste bike packing trip. And oh, so cool. take people yeah. out, help them with their food, help them realize how we can do it better. Because mm-hmm. I think people, you know, they, they the system needs to be disrupted, right? I love oh, that. Like definitely. I want to say this morning, let's <laughs> yeah. disrupt the system. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But and, to, and just a, tell people way. it's possible and show them. And so yeah. it's good. Well, and it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, there's so much, uh, maybe the word for it is, um, zeitgeist or mediocrity within the food sort of sphere that, uh, just even having something that's 10% easier or like more conscious than the next thing along is like, that's all big 10%. And it, you don't have to reach that high to see or realize these goals. It's, it's, it's like, it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not the norm. It, and it, so making it possible to be more so. I, honestly, that is something that I struggled with, and I felt like the No Plastic July really forced me to finally like walk the walk, right? Like mm-hmm. talk the talk. Now I have to walk the walk, and so we've been making small changes, but doing no plastic—it's insane. You go to the grocery store, and once you know you can't buy plastic, and you look around, you're like, "Oh yeah, everything is plastic." Um, but it was really hard because I was like, "I don't want to feel like I'm putting people out," but I realized. Again, like I told you, mm-hmm. if you just ask, it doesn't put people out. They're already doing it anyway. That's cool. They're just doing their job. And if they can help you, which everyone that we've asked has been willing to help us and work with us, it's amazing. So why not ask? And it, what would they say? No, and they're going to put in a plastic bag anyway. Like, honestly, maybe that was going to happen. That was the default. Yeah. But yeah. but there's a chance that, totally. that 10, 20, whatever, 100% chance eventually that you mm-hmm. cannot have it. And, and why not try? Right. Yeah. I'm going to have my like conspiracy theory corkboard moment and connecting the strings with the, with the things the plastic is the car of the grocery world. Totally. It all connects. (laughs) They own everything. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I keep thinking like, soylent green is people. (laughs) But yeah, no, in the sense that it's like the default, like, like you said, like if you don't ask, they'll just, Throw it in a plastic bag, anyways. Yeah, but. yeah. But you can stop it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So use it your voice. It doesn't have to be the default. I know we <laughs> have a voice. We should use it. Like, and, and we should, you know, the the big thing. I know it's big, but it's true. Like, the vote with your dollars. Like, put yep. your dollars behind the things oh, you want. And when the big totally. companies see you not buying, like, hopefully, no plastic. July is something that will change the way that people see. Oh well, our sales went down, but yeah. what was happening? Oh, this this thing. And, and I so, think, yeah, I think that's part of why I was really impressed and. And encourage when you mention like all these big companies getting into returnable uh, containers. Yeah, deposit based purchasing. Yeah, yeah. Look I mean, into maybe, a loop. Maybe it's they're great. taking a loss at it, but they're taking a loss as in a way of like maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's also that uh, what's what I really love about it is that these aren't like new or even novel solutions. Like this is these actually how ha- old it's solutions. This is actually just it how was. it used to be. And yeah. you know what? <laughs> I, I'm not saying we should go back to the 1920s, but there's some pretty cool things that came out of that way of thinking about uh, the impact that one has. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's time, it's effort. It's yeah. all the things that we all feel short on, but we, 
I think we feel short on it because we feel like everything should be so immediate and we're so used mm. to that. But it doesn't with with all the conveniences we have with our phones and technology, you're not going to the library to look things up. You look it up on your phone. So sure. spend that time you weren't going to the library on like cooking a real meal instead of yeah. buying something wrapped in plastic. Just buy some real vegetables. Go to the farmer's market. Well, in the meantime, like you did your, your no plastic July. I'm still doing it, yeah, man. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> doing. It's still hard. Say. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, like there was a run, like there was a run up to that. Like, yeah. We're talking, you know, probably years of thinking about these things to the point of where, like, let's try this no plastic July. It's not an overnight thing. Yeah. It's not like instantly. Well, I think people already uh, think about it like, so whatever, when we were like 2000s, 90s, 2000s, um, plastic bottles. Like, no one yeah. used plastic bottles before. And then everyone started using plastic bottles. And then. The shift became where that's not norm anymore, and we all use reusable containers sure. for water and coffee, right? Like, that's like how the new norm. How many public so, spaces not just have like the water fountain, but the water bottle filler yeah. mm-hmm. now? Yeah. So it's like we want, we were there, we wanted this thing that wasn't sustainable, and we went back, and everyone's okay. Yeah. So yeah. why can't the other things be okay? <laughs> right, we can right. go mm-hmm. back to that. It'll be okay. You'll survive. Like mm-hmm. you gave, you got rid of your plastic bottles. You, you might you even have a more things. genuine interaction with where your food comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's so much. Like it, it's a conversation that could go a long way. Oh yeah, watch <laughs> out for the the cotton strings. That's all right. It's all, so, it's and all part of the fun. Yeah, that's They're part of the safe. fun. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's washed mm. cotton. Yeah. I <laughs> almost hate to admit that I like watermelon because now. Anna's going to listen to this and she's going to buy a food dehydrator just so that I will start eating watermelon with Sounds it. Like she a... loves watermelon. I hated it <laughs> up until now. Hashtag good problems. Well, Ashley, um, if folks are looking to find out more about Fernvay or Fernway, as we say in the Pacific Northwest, it sounds, yes. uh, where can they find you? Um, so online is probably the best. So um, Fernway Food Co., F-E-R-N-W-E-H foodco.com. Um, same name at Fernway Food Co. for Instagram. Pretty active on there. Facebook at Fernway Food Co. Um, and then I do a pop-up market every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's at my kitchen that I cook at. It's it's really fun. We have rotating local vendors, people that I've worked with through the Oregon Entrepreneur Network or different farms that we're buying produce from, um, juice companies, other just like vegan cheeses all kinds of stuff like pottery we've got a lot of stuff in the book so every thursday um at southeast 12th and powell close to the beer mongers yeah uh, just down the block yes just down the block (laughs) pick up your beer and then some vegetables um so we're there um we're going to be at the montevilla um street fair coming up in um not this weekend but the next weekend and um otherwise just follow us sign up for our newsletter and hopefully we'll be in more places sooner rather than later Right on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thank you for having in. me. I yeah, really appreciate so it. It's so good to see you yeah, guys. You as well. Aww. I should do calendar song. Calendar song. It's a calendar. calendar. I love, I love, I love, I love don't, don't ever use that. You know what I love, Tim? I love that you sing that for us every week. Every week. Every Thank week. Thank you so much. And speaking of every week, it's not every week, but the second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month in Indianapolis. 
the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. And the last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. The first Saturday of every month here in Portland is the Civil Unrest Ride. Every second Sunday of every month in PDX, the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. Coming up, like really right around the corner, as yep. in like tomorrow. That is true. So uh, you won't be able to participate if you're just hearing about it now but, but we, we want to say it anyway <laughs> yes july 19th the e-scoop p-town throwdown and july 20th the turd lafart la turd lafart i will actually be hosting a uh um challenge there that's all i'm gonna say about that Ooh. yes i'll have a station there Ooh. Uh, and you're welcome to help man it with me if you want all right uh, it's a weekend yeah uh also july 20th is gorge pedal Conceivably, you could go to Gorge Pedal, come back, and participate in the LaFart. This is true. And a little bit far out on our calendar, in September, in fact, which means that if you've got an event you would like us to share with our listeners, please let us know at... Uh, you could Twitter to us at Sprocket Podcast. Or email. Same with Instagram. Or email at sprocketpodcast.gmail.com. Yes. Or you could even text to us at 503 Eight four seven nine seven seven four. Yes, um, we've got a bit of a, a gap in our calendar. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to talk about what you are up to. September twenty first, Intergalactic Surly Day. Sep- yes, and so the, speaking of Intergalactic Surly Day, so that is a thing that Surly is putting on mm-hmm. for their twenty first anniversary. So uh, we'll link to our website for their main site, but also. Um, yeah, so wherever you're listening, there's probably an intergalactic surly day celebration happening near you. And for those of you who are listening in Portland, intergalactic surly day is happening at Base Camp Brewing Ooh, on, t- yeah. on the 21st. Yes. Uh, some upcoming film by bike dates. Missoula, Montana, September 15th. Bendigo, Australia, October, October 4th. And our good friends down there in Akron, Ohio. November 3rd. And now for... What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Abrupt news from Reach Now. Yes, Reach Now, one of our local uh, point-to-point car share programs uh, managed by the BMW Corporation. It's with a heavy heart that we share news that Reach Now will end service effective immediately after a realignment within the new BMW Group and Daimler AG joint venture. We've posted a blog with more details about the news and have put together a fact for you. However, two quick notes. If you are in an active rental, do not fear. If you are in an active rental, why are you reading this? (laughs) Hey, you know, I got to keep up my, like, service announcements (laughs) while I'm driving. Right. I I don't know. No, there's no excuse. Uh, If you are out of town and with one of our cars, the support team will be in touch with you directly to say, sorry, you can just lock it. Yes. uh, SOL. <laughs> and by by the time we're you're Emphasis listening mine. to this. Yeah. And by the time you're listening to this, it's already like reaching out is already no more. <laughs> like your car has shut down like wherever however, you are at the trip. <laughs> however, I could swear I saw a reach now driving around today. Yeah. So I don't know. Were they wearing a reach now uniform? Maybe maybe it was like yeah, maybe it was like, you know, 
taking them back to corporate or Interesting. whatever. Yeah. Well, Daimler does have a um, branch here in Portland. Yeah. Out in yeah. Swan Island. I suppose that's I wonder where, where they're, they're stacking them. That's where they're taking them. Uh, as Michael Anderson specifically noted, um, he much prefers the reach now sort of seat adjustments to pedal ratio as opposed to the Mercedes. And oh, yeah. It was very sad to hear that news. <laughs> yeah. I've heard this too from a few people that. I, um, I don't know if I ever noticed. Well, the. Yeah. Apparently, some. I, I, this is, you know, obviously secondhand information. Yeah. I've not driven either of them but apparently uh the mercedes are not fun for the the acceleration curve of the mercedes is just kind of off for most folks or at least oh, okay. in relation to seat adjustments okay so, much much chagrinning on twitter but we won't get too much into it i've never really fit well into any car gotcha. given my stature yeah so Oof. you know <laughs> yeah there's some cars i just i just sort of take it on the chin like oh this doesn't fit that not neither does anything else yeah so. yeah. <laughs> yeah i used to um valet like my first job out of high school for the summertime was valeting for a hospital uh-huh. in salem and i used to play the game partially because like people would be upset if they got their car back and the seat was in a different position <laughs> and because it's hard to like remember but what do you do you're a valet you, man yeah well you hop in and you're like how can i contort myself to drive this vehicle in a like theoretically safe but unsafe manner to the place where you park it uh-huh. um and with a lot of like phantom acceleration stuff the uh effect of getting in a new car there and anyway, i'm getting into some some malcolm gladwell research but <laughs> essentially it, it was kind of like a fun way to keep yourself entertained while parking and uh-huh. uh Everybody, there was like a, the company was based in Las Vegas and uh, Salem and everybody who worked in Las Vegas, but got transferred to Salem was like super sad because you're working for this hospital and all of a sudden you have to deal with all of these cars and people are coming there for like, my appendix is burst, you know, oh, stuff yeah, like yeah. that instead of like walking out of the casinos and being like, yeah, here's a, you know, $500 tip or <laughs> Not something Not really like getting that. a tip from, <laughs> yeah. from, yeah. And I was like, tips, my what appendicitis. <laughs> yeah. I'm new at this. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was a good learning experience of when your uh, management says, oh, yeah, we'll take you full-time. Yeah, we'll take you full-time. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's September and I've got to go to school? Maybe they weren't going to take me full-time. Oh, all along. Anyway, life lessons for those yes. of you entering the workforce. Next up from media from Medium, and uh, this article was texted to us from someone in the 406 area code. And this is a cool little uh, article called, There is No New Black. Musings on a year or so listening to cycling and transportation conversations. <clears throat> and I will say to the, say this, there's more to this article than what you read at face value. Yes. And I would certainly encourage, before even reading it, for all of our listeners who are interested or even not interested, to go read it. It is a fantastic yeah. article. Yeah. And I was so happy to um, see this come in. Antoine, who wrote this, uh, if you happen to be a listener and you happen to be in the Portland area... Love to have you on. Absolutely. We, we'd love to talk about this with you. Anyways, quote I'm pulling here is, you know something? Black is a really cool color. It's a really cool color for several reasons, but probably the best one is that it both stands out and stays back. It's a color for extroverts, introverts, ambiverts, and those straddling every other personality strata. Black feels like it's easy to clean until it's off black, slightly gray, purple, green, or matte. And yet it persists. It's all of the pigments and the absence of light. And it never it's never really new. It persists. It insists on mm. existing. It's a color, but deeper than that. Yeah. And as this article is too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um th- this is a this is yeah, I'm so happy that this article was sent to us. This is something that 
I've been thinking a lot about, especially in regards to a lot of the public transit policy that's happening in Portland. Yeah. I, I think the most relatable uh, sort of example of, I think what this author is getting at is the recent uh, Greenway debate on Northeast 7th Street and also about who has voice in transportation and who is there to listen to yes and how do we listen to those voices um so the article like aaron you said uh is much more than just an article about the color black (laughs) Um, yes but i would certainly encourage all of our listeners to go read it and i would also put out there that there aren't a lot of conversations happening in the um sort of spirit that i think this article is intentioned towards within the transit advocacy community or or just the transit or public planning community in general or at least ones that i've sought but not necessarily been exposed to and yep. so if you have any article or uh, writer or etc um, suggestions for how to sort of follow through on this and to to have those voices brought out and onto the table um, please let us know because i i would love to um, be able to like aaron said have some of those folks here on the show um, and lastly from bikeportland.org, grilled by bike embraces barbecue season, Portland yes. style. Mm-hmm. There are many aspects of living in the bike friendly city that are never captured in the myriad an- annals, lists, and rankings. One example is the number of people who can cook a meal on their bike and or have a fresh cooked meal anywhere they park it. In Portland, that number is growing thanks to the popularity of grilled by bike mm-hmm. yes there was um some fantastic bike portland comments <laughs> on this article apparently oh yeah i didn't uh, even check out the comments uh, i kind of stay away from the comments it's section. a great idea to stay away from the <laughs> comments um so to credit to jonathan moss he does offer a like comment of the week credit and um you know as far as comment sections go it's it is what it is but it's also one of the better ones out there in my opinion um it's just it's it's hilarious what people will get in arms or up in arms about in a sense yeah uh yeah brock brock highlighted a few and my response was classic portland (laughs) yes classic bike portland i'll leave it at that yeah i guess i was like well let me go back in my inbox and and uh and read them but maybe it's not worth it i mean if you want to (laughs) it's you know suffice to say like it's fuel for the tender if you can if you can find a way to cook meat without using fossil fuels please let me know (laughs) <laughs> or using Anyways. something that emits carbon in right, some fashion. Right, right. Please. What is how is the neutral way of I grilling? Guess, oh, well, okay, now now I'm thinking there's a few ways. But like carbon neutral? Uh you'd have to average it over time and my guess is it would take a while to break even on solar panels yeah. and a hot pad. Hmm. No. Yeah. So I, eighth grade, eighth grade, I tried to do. Solar I tried ovens. to do a solar oven. Booyah! Couldn't work. They're difficult. You couldn't. You couldn't cook much more than like a hot dog. Yep. A hot dog. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Did you? So. And it took forever. Yeah, because like yeah. when you make it, you keep checking it, and you're like, oh, is it warm? Is it warm? Is yeah. it warm? Yeah. No. Is it working? <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait. I don't think it's working. Um. Yeah. We need to get get some magnifying glasses and all that jazz. Yep. So. Anyhow. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it talking <laughs> yes. to you last week. Yes. And thank you for putting on Grilled Bike Bike and putting bike fun into the hearts and minds of Portlanders far and near. And guess what we have? What have we got? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. 
First uh, email to us from uh, Jay Letko, and he's got some suggestions about my Brompton. Yeah. And Good suggestions. Yeah. Intriguing uh, suggestions. Brompton update. I tried to give them my money. <laughs> and they were like, go away. <laughs> they wouldn't take it. So they just gave you a bike and call for, it a day? For other reasons. Oh, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more or less uh, uh, the person there was like, I think you want like a true custom job. You should email this person who who also works there. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, just wasn't there at the time. Like I they see. they will really get into this. So they're you. they're like trying to hook you up. Yeah. They're doing well, you a solid. Yes. Like they're like this person will really get into it with you about like what you may what yeah. options you may want to totally. look at. Yeah. I get that. Anyways, here is the mail. Well now it's good that you now like you have that happen because then we got this mail and right, now right. you can more now I can even inform further. your decision. <laughs> Started listening to episode four seventy four wherein Aaron reveals that he's preparing to purchase a Brompton. Good choice. My wife and I have been riding ours on weekends for the past six months in preparation for an upcoming trip to Avenue of the Giants mm. in late summer. Which that's on my bucket list to ride through. So beautiful. Yeah. You've been through it. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, jealous. To answer the question as to whether or buy, whether to buy or build a wheel with a Dynamo Hub, buy it. Regarding the rear rack, uh, Brompton rear racks aren't as utilitarian as racks on traditional bikes. I am aware of that. Thank you. Uh, heel strike is an issue, unfortunately. Get the front luggage bl- block. Definitely was already thinking about that, and. Oh, Aaron didn't mention whether he's figured out the most difficult question of the configuration process. What color is it going to be? See, I thought you were just going to be like, well, if I'm getting a Brompton, I'm getting the special edition stainless steel Brompton, in which the answer would be stainless steel. Stainless steel? Oh, like the nickel edition. Yeah. Is that what it is? Nickel plated? Yeah. It looks so nice. It's like all (laughs) chromey and everything. It does look really cool. That's not what I'm going for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know why? It's not your favorite color. It's not. It's not. Um, I had this fantasy. It's not possible. Brompton won't do this. But I had this fantasy of uh, having the black body mm-hmm. with the uh, purple sparkle fork and, and uh, handlebar oh, yeah. stem. Nice. And the yeah. Anyways, they can do that with standard colors. Okay. Like you can you can sort of switch out. Like you can have like. Uh, you know, one color body and then the extremities be a different color. Okay. But with their special editions, like their purple, their raw lacquer, their flame lacquer, that's, those are the ones I think that are currently out right now. I feel like I need to go on their configurator again. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. <laughs> like, even if, there even are like if four you, colors like, that I didn't even know that they yeah. did. Well, and even if you never like buy a Brompton, it's just okay. fun to like, it's kind of like, oh, booyah. you know, it. I don't know. It's it's just fun to like play around oh, with yeah. those things. If you yeah. don't think that I visit the Comotion configurator at least twice a year, oh, Comotion has one. Like, you're joking yourself. Now I'm now I've got another way to spend my time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because you look at the price of the end and you're like, uh, maybe next life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's fun. Um, it's super fun. So, spoiler alert: it's black. It's a black edition, <laughs> black Brompton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank you, Jay. Thank you for the mail. Yeah, thanks for listening. And here's a funny piece of junk mail we got. This is what I'm going to do whenever we don't have mail is I'm just going to start reading our junk mail <laughs> that we get because I think yes. they're fun. So um, <laughs> he says, hey, this is Ramon, and I want to officially welcome you to my world. About three years ago, I set out on the same quest that you're on right now, the quest to crack the code. 
to this whole online marketing thing. Now, I don't know which you're level at in the game yet, but I do know this. You're someone that doesn't just settle. Watching videos that made me all fired up of people marketing thousands of dollars daily from their laptop and smartphone. Instantly, I was hooked. Maybe you can relate. Winky I can so smiley relate. face. <laughs> uh, just a few years ago, I swore to myself that I would do capital whatever it took to make that real for me. <laughs> whatever. Da, da, da. Determined to make you this work or die trying. I'm going to give you an exact step-by-step formula to generate leads, sales, and commissions. That's AKA, so nice of him. He does li- lay out that it is AKA profit on complete autopilot at no cost to you. I smell like a Pat Flynn style email here somehow. <laughs> uh, sound good? Cool. Then look at that email tomorrow. Did he, wait, Brock, did he send us a second email? I, I didn't see it in our <laughs> inbox. Uh, Come on, Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> it's go time. Talk soon. Your new marketing buddy, Ramon Cadiz. P.S. If you're ready to take action and want to start earning online ASAP, watch this video. Did not I click did that not link. watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> no. My, my computer already has enough attack vectors. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> my computer is a vector at yeah. this point. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of um, comment that's making it through the net on Pedal Dream. I wonder if they figured out a new method to uh, spoof or something oh, like no. that. Oh, no. Oh, it's fine. I just spam it. But okay. it, it's more than zero, which is um, typically how it goes. Right. So. I'm like, ooh, somebody, oh, okay, it's a spammer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that temporary excitement. Well, you've made it to the end of another fine episode. We have. Yes, we did. We've talked about many things. If you've got uh, complaints and or nitpicks about the bike industry, we won't (laughs) not say that you shouldn't write them (laughs) to us. But why not? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. We're We're, all in good company. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be clear. As much as we complained about these products earlier. I don't know if we're complaining even. We use these products. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay, maybe not of, complain. It's it's the kind of... It's not a... I wouldn't... I would hesitate to call it a sense of entitlement. I would call it a well-intentioned guff towards that which cannot be perfect, which means that it's kind of just how it goes. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. All right. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. If you've got something that's um, sticking in your craw. And again, wise, these are all products we use. Yes. So <laughs> it's sitting outside on the bike right, rack right, right now. <laughs> I still need to put my fender on. Uh, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, yes. Thanks we'll to Ashley week. for coming in and, yeah. and talking shop with us. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Da, da, da. Interesting. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. Hey, and thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski. Tim, Tim Mooney Glenn Kubish Matt Kelly Eric Wise Todd Parker Dan Gebhardt Who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler Dave Knows Chris Smith Caleb Jenkinson J.P. Cooley Peanut Butter Jar Matt Marco Lowe Rich Otterstrom Andrew in Colorado Drew the Welder Anna He'll hey, be home soon I'll be right there <laughs> <laughs> Andre Johnson King of Division Richard G <laughs> Guthrie Straw Who's sitting 
across from me. I almost said right next. That is not true. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite. Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Jeremy Kit no, Chris Rossin, Rory of Michigan, Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugo, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Gato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Kaka, Marshall. Paula at Punitake Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartandale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative Kiwana and Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. And Greg Murphy. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush our teeth. And go to bed. That was probably the fastest we've ever done it. Sweet. See you next week. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, that was good. <laughs>